we're in the middle of a series that's called The Real Me, and um, I think so many people don't quite understand that something has been put on the inside of you that is God-given, that is God-placed, and I don't know that I'm always in touch or in tune to the real me that God has put right inside of me. This is our foundation scripture in Ephesians. It says, and you, look at your neighbor and say, and you, you got a point too, and you, he made alive when you were dead by your trespasses and sin, verse 5. Even when we were dead in our own shortcomings, he, God, made us alive together in fellowship and in union with Christ. He gave us, I love this, the very life of Christ himself, for it is by grace, his favor and mercy, which we did not deserve, that we are saved, delivered from judgment, and made partakers of Christ's salvation. I want to go a couple of chapters earlier in Ephesians, Ephesians 1, 4. Ephesians is just a great, great chapter to find out who you are. So let's look at Ephesians 1, 4. Even as in his love, God chose us. And I want you to look at that scripture and, and insert, change the us to me. Even in his love, God chose me and actually picked out me for himself as his own in Christ before the foundation of the world. That's just awesome beyond words. That we should be holy and blameless in his sight, even above reproach before him in love. Have you ever had a time in your life where you didn't feel accepted? Nothing is worse than going somewhere where you don't know anybody. And not just going somewhere where you don't know anybody, but everybody, is that, they, everybody that's there doesn't even seem to re realize that you're there too. Have you ever been to a place like that? We hope JG is never, ever like that. But have you ever had that place where you were just uncomfortable where you were at? This is kind of a weird phenomenon. Have you ever been somewhere where at one time you were comfortable in that place and then you went back to it and all of a sudden everything was different or changed or weird feeling? And that's the kind of a natural human emotion is that we all search for acceptance. Here's your, your uh, first fill-in. The force of the love of God chose me. That's what I was just, that revelation and that last song that, that Allie and Liz were singing, that there are some people, so many, not just some, but so many people in the world that have no sensitivity to the voice of God to them. But the force of love found me. The most important force in all existence chose me. I think there's going to come a time in our existence that we actually see the force of the love of God on display, and I think it's just going to absolutely astound us. This same force makes me completely holy in his sight. And if you're like me, I'm like, oh, that is a tall order for me to think upon the lines that I am made holy in the sight of God because in my own, re, re, what do you call, understanding and, and revelation is that I don't feel holy hardly ever. But the truth is that I've been made holy by his love. This love, it makes me completely blameless in his sight. And by the way, if you need fill-ins, or papers, lift up your hand and we'll get those to you as quickly as we can. Anybody need a paper and pen? We have little fill-ins if you need them. 
I lost my place on that thought. In, his, in the presence of God, he sees me like he sees himself. And I think that goes along with the thought that if he's made me holy in his sight, if he's made me blameless in his sight, and it goes on to say that if he's made me his righteousness, then we can take that next step that says he has made me just like him. Now, don't go around and be telling people, did you know that I'm like God? Because they're going to freak out. (laughs) That's not the purpose of this message. The purpose of this message is that we have a clear understanding who we are on the inside. The real me. The real me is pure and holy and blameless in his sight. In the presence, I'm sorry, and God's not willing to change his mind on anything that he has set in motion. Because the thought is that somewhere along the line, I could mess this up. I could really foul this whole cool thing that God has going for me up. And we need to know that the force of love in our life sets us forever belonging to him. That this force of love makes me as holy now as I would be standing in his presence. Ephesians 1.5 says, For he ordained us, destined us, planned us in love to be adopted into his own fan, in, into his as his own children through Christ Jesus in accordance with the purpose of his will because it pleased him and it was his kind intent that the intent of God have you ever wonder have you ever said God, I just wonder what you're doing. What are you doing? What are you up to? I'm so confused. I don't know where you're going. I don't know what you're doing in my life. I just don't have any direction. I don't seem to have, I can't find where you're taking me. And the word of God says that he has already by his kind intent and by the planning that pleased him has set us as his own children adopted that no matter what is going on in my life or the circumstances of my mind or my heart, that I am still belonging solely and completely to him. It brought God great joy to make me a part of his family. We started supporting Compassion International a couple of years ago. It's been two or three, four, five, something like that. And we've actually have had Yarlin and Michael for a while, and we had some other ones before that. Um, I remember when we first started supporting Compassion, I had, was at a conference, and I saw a video of this little girl. And I, and I tried to find the video, and it was, you know, it's been many years ago, so I don't know that it's still published for for public finding or public view, but a little girl, and she was, Compassion was hosting or being part of a, you know, an African village of some type where she was going to be accepted into a school. And there was a limited amount of space in this school. And part of the Compassion International sponsorship was to create and have schools for these children that otherwise would not be able to go to school. And in this little video, this is the part that, I mean, that was touching, but the most touching part was that she's just a little African girl with a little yellow, pale blue, pale blue, pale yellow dress on, and it was her time to go find out if she was going to be accepted into this school. 
And so her parents are there, and I just remember it so vividly that they really quickly, before she went in there to find out if she was going to be accepted into this school, they raced around the corner of this little hut of a building, and there's this little girl. I mean, she just was like eight or nine years old, and there was some water there, and she was pouring water in her face to freshen herself up and making sure her little hair was all in place and so forth, and making there, I mean, I remember seeing her parents just making sure her dress was just so. She went around that corner and they accepted her into that school and just tears of joy and tears of excitement to be brought in, to be accepted. And, and to the point that little precious girl just putting water on her face and making sure that she was just so presentable that she would be attractive to be invited in. But do you know what was already true? That that school had already determined that that little girl would be accepted. And how precious it was that she was going to do everything that she could to make herself physically ready to be accepted. And so many times in our own existence, we try to get to this place where, God, I want to make myself acceptable in your sight. I want to take this little bit of water and throw it on my face and, throw, and make myself presenting, presentable to you. And God's like, I am already have decided that you are in my family he was determined to make us like him and Jesus. That God looks at you and the real you, he has set in motion his intent to make you just like him and make you like Jesus. He has set up that we would be like him for all eternity. Here's the crazy part of being belonging to God for all eternity. Everybody would, think, would say, you know, my great-grandma that went on to be with the Lord, man, she's in the presence of Jesus. She's completely uh, whole, young, and so forth. Man, she knows what it's like to live in God's righteousness. And is, she knows what it's like. I always say this. She knows what it's like to see the face of Jesus. And, and all of those are great, great things to say about when we reach him. But do you know what is true about the other side, standing in his presence, this time on earth be done, that we are are living in the same reality that is true about us in eternity as it is right now. We're not any more accepted on the other side of heaven as we are right now. That we have that same ability to experience the face and the presence of Jesus. We have that same ability to come just as we are and be fully owned and accepted by God. Ephesians 1 6 says, so that we might be to the, to the praise and the commendation of his glorious grace, grace, which he so freely bestowed upon us in the beloved. I like what the message says. He wanted us to enter into the celebration of his lavish gift giving by the hand of his beloved son. I love, and I highlighted, I think it's highlighted on, yeah, celebration. That how in the world does God see me? Let's take the next step. How in the world does God see the real me? And God sees the real me. God sees the real you as celebration. God celebrates me. And that is just like sometimes totally foreign to the way that I think. Because I, could, no, I don't wake up and think, hey, God, yeah, you're going to celebrate me today? That's not how I always think. But do you realize that is in the nature of God 
to celebrate us. And I have to illustrate this real quickly. So I, I brought some stuff to illustrate it. Now, I borrowed some of this stuff, and my brother, he forgot to bring me his lawn chair, so I'm just going to have to make do. This is the setup of my, my brothers and their family sometimes, is that they go, hey, who can help me real quick? Bradley, would you bring me my drink real quick? They go to the, their sporting events. So they're involved in soccer and uh, volleyball, and, and uh, this is like, and softball and baseball holy cow and hey bradley can you figure out how this thing works <laughs> make that thing go all the way to the top there while i hold this thing right here i tried it earlier and it worked go i'll oh, keep going is that that click oh you've got the touch and so this is what they do thank you bradley this is what they do they get their little their lawn chair together and they get their drink and they get their sunshade if I'd known this was going to be this difficult, I wouldn't have done this illustration. But do you see what lengths they'll go to? And then they'll be, they'll be like 50 in both directions of parents. Here, yeah. come on, boy. That's, that's my boy out there. Come on, boy. Oh, ref. And they got their drink. And they got, I went and got this drink today, and I'm standing in line. It's like, so chewy sweet tarts. Yeah, I need those. They got their chewy sweet tarts. They're living it up. Do you know why they do this? Do you know, Bradley, do you know why people do this? Because they want to. This would be the last thing I wanted to do on a hot Saturday. But they do this. And they will sit there in the hot sun through game. I mean, the more games, the better. Six games in a row ain't no big deal. We're staying out here for the long haul. Why? Because your kid's out there. Is anybody, oh, oh uh, Aspen, you wanted these chewy sweet tarts, didn't she? You're going to get these in two seconds. Sit out there with their drink and their lawn chair and their sunshade. Doing what? Hollering at their kid, hollering at the ref. Why? Celebrating their child. And we have this hard, hard time understanding or realizing that God celebrates us. God's intent for me is this, oh, this is crazy. This is crazy thinking. His intent for me is the same intent that he had for, has for Jesus. Minus the cross. <laughs> Everybody's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Would you, would you venture to say that God has a good intent for Jesus, his only son? Would you think that God's thoughts for him are great thoughts and good thoughts? Absolutely. But would we take the next step and the next leap and say that God's intent for me is the same intent that he has for Jesus? His grace over me is cheering me on for his purpose for me. That I don't know what God looks like. I don't know if he's sitting underneath the sunshade in the throne room and he's got the wide view of everything that we've got going on. I don't know that. 
But I do know that I've got a visual image of parents all over this planet that would do that for their children. And I, wanted, I want to have that same visual image on inside of my heart that God is, has that same, uh, that same love for us. His grace is bringing me completely to what he has for me. Have you ever wondered... Where is my life going? What am I doing? What does God have for me? And we don't need to figure that all out right now. But we can have a place in him where we know that he's doing things for our good. Isaiah 61.10 says, I will rejoice greatly in the Lord. My soul will exalt in my God. For he has clothed me with his garment of salvation. He has covered me with a robe of righteousness. That we have enough truth in this one single scripture to know that God has taken us to a place where it is not my doing, even though my life needs to be down a straight and a narrow path, but it is still not by my doing that he has clothed me with his righteousness. And I had this, this kind of thought this morning as I was writing this out. Parents clothe their children out of love and provision, not mercy. Nobody says, no, no parent says, come on, get in the car. We got to get you clothed. Oh, have you running around your school naked? <laughs> so when you're in the South, that's how you say naked, naked. <laughs> No, no parent says that. Oh, come on. Got to put clothes on you. Make sure you look decent. Where's Colton? Colton, come on down here with, with what I asked you to bring. So I asked Colton to bring this uh, jacket right here. Did, did your parents buy you this by any chance? Yeah, of course they did. You have no money to your name. All right, so <laughs> this is Colton's uh, Under Armour jacket right here, bought by Rodney and Tracy Elliott, I'm sure. Now, how silly would it be for Rodney and Tracy Elliott to stand over and say, look at what we've got you. In the pathetic state that you're in, we've got you this. You irritate us, you're pathetic, and you eat your boogers, and here we are having to buy you clothes again. And how silly would it be for Colton to walk in there in the morning and say, Mom, Dad, can I wear this today? Whatever. Today, not tomorrow, but today we'll let you. No. Do you know what this fool does? Go ahead and put your hoodie on. This fool does this. He goes into his closet. By the way, have they redone your bathroom yet? I went to his house and his dad showed me that they redid their bathroom and their, the master bathroom. The floors are heated. I know some of you women would say, like, what? I mean, the floors are heated in there. The, the shower is as big as this room. <laughs> and there's like fire hoses in every corner that just shoot at you. <laughs> no, it's huge. It's not that big. It's pretty big though. Did you see what he just did? What did he do? Put it on. And he doesn't have to worry about putting this on with any repercussions of his dad saying, what? What is this? What? 
Did I tell you you could put this on? It's like a puppet. <laughs> I get that off. I bought that when I thought I liked you. <laughs> you can have a seat. Y'all give it up for Colton. But do you know how much we put on God that he clothed me in his righteousness as some act of pity. And we have no problem viewing earthly parents as just and rightful to clothe their children. Are you, are you following me on this? That God did not clothe us with mercy and righteousness and love because he was on a rescue mission. He clothes us with mercy, righteousness, and love because we belong to him and he is responsible for us. We've been clothed with the same robe Jesus wears. This clothing speaks this clothing speaks. We talk about Isaiah 61. This clothing speaks. This clothing speaks that I belong to him. How silly would it be for Rodney Elliott to tell Colton, the only things that you're wearing are the things that you buy. But dad, I don't even have a job. Then you ain't wearing nothing. And we have no problem saying that Colton probably has a closet and a dresser full of clothing that his mom and dad bought with their money and their intent was that he wear those things belonging to him. And I have this weird feeling that God sees us in the same manner that he has presented us with his righteousness and desires us to wear it in the same manner we would wear clothes that came from our earthly parents. Now, this isn't some license for us to go live crazy. This isn't bonquique. Your sins are forgiven, but don't go crazy. That we should live in the same awe and reverence and rightful fear of the Lord, but at the same time, live in the blessing of his provision. I stand in the same light and the same acceptance Jesus stands in. Now, how would it be if some parent bought all the nice clothing for one child and bought nothing for the second child? Now, you also are like, oh, that was me. <laughs> they got my older sibling, they got all the clothes, and I got them when they were done with them. But how silly would it be? I'm, not, I'm talking about that the one child gets all the nice clothing and the other child gets nothing. A good parent would try his or her best to clothe them equally. That if we bought a nice hoodie for so-and-so, then we're going to try to buy a nice hoodie for so-and-so. If we bought so-and-so some new tennis shoes, we're going to try to buy you some new tennis shoes as well. We're going to try to make it where you both have similar type wardrobes. Do you realize that with God, that's what God did with us? The word of God says that Jesus is the firstborn, the older brother, among many, 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 many siblings. 
And the same thing that he's clothed Jesus with, he's turned in the same manner, clothed us with it. <laughs> Ephesians 1.11 says, In him we also were given God's heritage, his portion, and we obtain inheritance, Taylor, if you'll come on down, for we have been foreordained, we've been chosen, we've been appointed beforehand in accordance with his purpose, who works everything out in agreement with the counsel and design of his own decision, his own will. The message said, it is, it's in Christ that we find out, same verse, it's in Christ that we find out who we are. The real me. And what we are living for, the real me, long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, hopes up. I love this last line in the message. God had his eye on us. That when it came to be accepted, he decided way before we ever had the revelation or the realization that he was longing for us, that we were accepted in his sight. Somehow I'm his treasure. Of all of these things God has, of all the things that God has, we were his prized possession. I don't have time to go into it when he, Jesus gave parables of a of a lost coin and a, and a lost son. We were that treasure he was looking for. Let me take it a step further. He wasn't just looking to rescue us. He was looking to rescue us, but he was looking to make us a part of his family. God's great purpose is for us to be is for us to be, God's great purpose is to be, and I should, our father or my father. I love the, when these, uh, you know, I've been able to see some of these young people that have grown up in, in our church and have uh, some moved away to other ministries in other towns. And one that I think of readily is Randon Shaw that, that just recently had a little girl. And he told me, he said, my whole world changed when she was born. Everything was different with that little girl. My purpose was different. My heart was different. My life was different. And Jesus said, if you then being evil have that kind of reaction, how much more does God have that reaction to us, the real me. And God's heart is for me to be forever His. I know that we lose sight sometimes of what we think He's up to. I don't know if we're going to fit on this stage or not. But I don't think, and I, well, I don't think, I know that I don't have that revelation, that understanding, that realization of what his intent is for me. And his intent is just for me to be his. Maybe you're at a time in your life right now where you don't feel like you're accepted. You don't feel like you belong. This is not something I'm going to have you raise your hand or stand up and say, you know what, I... And that's, that's a... 
normal occurrence for so many of us. I just don't feel like I am accepted. I don't feel like I belong. I don't feel like I'm valued. I don't feel like I'm wanted. I don't feel like treasured. But you are. And I I can't make you realize that. Only the Holy Spirit can make you realize how really truly valuable you are.